Blog Talk Radio.
Sister Pearl on In the Word with Sister Pearl. If you're listening live, uh, I just want to thank God for you. I want to say how uh, blessed I am to have you listening to Reaching Out Radio International. Uh, Whether you're listening live, you're listening on the internet, you're listening on demand, I believe it's not a coincidence that you're here to hear this message. It is my privilege to be here yet another time and to bless you with God's word. There's nothing like it in all the world. So tonight I'm going to be speaking on the topic, God's word rules. God's word rules. There is nothing, no book, planet earth, like the word of God. And so before I go into this message tonight, I just want to bow my head in a word of prayer. Thank God for you that are listening in. I thank God for the woman of God, Evangelist Montel Fields, who is the visionary behind Reaching Out Radio International. Thank God for each and every man, woman, boy, girl from around the globe, whether it be in the continent of Africa, Asia, Australia and the Oceania Islands, uh, Europe, North America, South America, the Caribbean Islands, no matter where you're listening from, I want to bless you in the name that is high and greater than any other name, and that's the wonderful name of Jesus. And so let's just pray. If you can't bow your heads with me, perhaps you're driving your car or you're busy doing something in your home or you're in your office, wherever you are, just agree with me that the Spirit of the Lord will make this word come alive to you, that you will understand the great importance of the fact that God's word does rule and is supreme over any other thought, over any other perspective. It's the word of God that really stands sure. It's the word of God that we need to have as the foundation for our lives. Heavenly Father, we just are grateful for another privilege to be able to come and broadcast on Reaching Out Radio International tonight. And we bless you, Lord God, because you've given us your word. You've not left us to, you know, just be idle and go on our own and try to, you know, make the best of life. But you've given us a sure foundation. You've given us a blueprint. You've given us um, clear instructions. You've shown and revealed your holy will to us in the wonderful word of God, the Holy Bible. 
And I pray, God, that you would anoint me, anoint your handmaiden. There's nothing that I can add to this word in my own flesh. There's nothing I know that's apart from the word of God. I just humble myself, and I just ask you to use me as your handmaiden. Let every word that proceeds from my mouth tonight be in accordance with your will, that it would be a blessing that it would help to give understanding and clarity to those that would be listening and would desire that, Lord God. I pray that every a spirit of distraction, every spirit that would try to, to work as a hindrance uh, against the people trying to prevent them from hearing the word of God, that you would just dispel all evil and, and, and shut out every wrong thought. Bring our thoughts under submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. As we listen to this precious word, uh, we're going to count only on what is in your word and help me to bring forth everything that you want me to say, that it would be a blessing to the people. I thank you. Be glorified. Be honored. Be uplifted. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So let's go into this word tonight. God's word rules. There is nothing, and I mean nothing. I travel um, to other nations. I travel to other states. I often go uh, and use hotels. But, you know, even if that hotel gives two religious books, no book is like the Holy Bible. And I've seen them. I've seen the Holy Bible, and then I've seen the Mormon book next to it, or I've been in Asia, and I've seen the Holy Bible, and then I've seen uh, perhaps the Quran, or I've seen a Buddhist, a Buddhist book. And, and even the times that I did open up these other books, I can tell you with great assurance, there is nothing and no book on planet Earth like the Word of God, otherwise known as the Holy Bible. No matter what I hear about who commissioned its publication and all sorts of different rumors going around about the Bible, nothing changes the fact that when someone reads the Bible with an honest and open heart, they are forever changed. I've heard of stories of multitudes who read the Bible while they were trying to disprove its writings. They, they went out of their way. They did the best that they knew how to try to disprove the writings within the Bible, but they were captivated and realized that the words written therein in the Holy Bible were inspired from a, a different realm. And they began to love the unique power to heal and transform their lives. The, the word of God is, is from a completely different dimension. God's word is real. It's raw. It tells you exactly what took place in a situation. It does not hide it. It's painful at times, but it's also healing. It's warm. It's loving said before, it has the unique power to heal and transform a broken heart. God's word is also, and very importantly, the standard by which we can check and judge what others say and write about God. The bottom line is that the Bible is the gold standard. If what others say or they preach or teach does not align itself with the infallible word of God, then what are you supposed to do with what they said or what they're teaching or what they're preaching? Well, you can utterly, totally discard anything that I say or somebody else says if it does not fully align itself with God's word because anything outside of the word of God is a lie. So many people talking and claiming to hear from God. You know, one group says this while another says that. So how do you and I know what the real truth is? Well, that's where the word of God comes in. 
And I am one of the millions of followers of Christ who believe in the complete inerrancy of the precious word of God. So what is the inherent word of God in the Bible? Biblical inherency, inerrancy is the belief that the Bible is without error or fault in all its teaching, or at least that scripture is the original manuscript. It does not affirm anything that is contrary to fact. Or in other words, the Bible, unlike other books, is infallible. Allow me to read what the Apostle Paul taught his spiritual son, Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16, all the way through to chapter 4, verse 4. And here it reads. All scripture is inspired by God and beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable, equipped for every good work. I solemnly exhort you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not tolerate sound doctrine. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and will turn aside to myths. This beloved, now I just read, Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 16, going all the way down to chapter 4 and verse 4. So now I'm speaking. This is not the word of God, what I'm saying right now. This, beloved, is the precise day, the very day in which you and I are living in. Deception is rampant and spreading incredibly quickly. I'll give you an example. Right now, there's a teacher, very, very big on YouTube, very big on the Internet, and he's teaching that the Bible doesn't say anything about fornication. The Bible doesn't say anything, he said, about living with somebody that's not your husband or not your wife and having sexual relations with them. He said the Bible doesn't say anything about that whatsoever. In other words, he's telling his followers, and mind you, I said his followers, because you and I are not supposed to be his followers. We're to be supposed to be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. But all of his followers now are made to think that they can go ahead and shack up, you know, and live with each other as if they were married and committed in, in, in holy wedlock. The Bible does clearly teach against fornication and against adultery and against living licentiously which means that you just live any kind of way that you feel like if your flesh desires it, you just go ahead and you just, you know, give in to the appetite of your fleshly desires. That's not what the Bible teaches. Another man is teaching that there is nothing wrong with masturbation. I don't want to get too into that because we have all kinds of listeners on this broadcast, but this is what another man is teaching. Now, this is what I'm saying, that God's word root. How do we know who's telling the truth from who is not telling the truth? You go to the word of God. One of my very favorite verses in all of scripture about God's word is found in a little verse. And so many times people miss this, but I want to share it. For many of you that have been listening to me throughout the the past few years on Reaching Out Radio International, 
you know that I love this verse with all my heart. I love it. It's found in Psalm, the 138th Psalm, verse 2, and it says like this. I will worship toward thy holy hill and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou has magnified thy word above all thy name. Whoa. So you're telling me that God says, I magnify, I make even bigger the word of God, greater than even my own name. And we highly respect, honor, and reverence the name of Jesus. We respect and honor the name of God. But now this says, I have magnified thy word above all thy name. Thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. So in other words, God takes very seriously. This is what I'm trying to emphasize here. God takes extremely seriously his word. And if he takes seriously his word found in the Holy Bible, it's what you and I need to do. We need to respect the word of God. We need to reverence the word of God. We need to honor the word of God. We need to apply the word of God to our lives. All that is pertinent and relevant to us, we need to apply that. We know that when we read the full counsel of God today, he is no longer asking us to kill animals as he did ask the Hebrew nation to kill animals, to sacrifice them, to shed their blood for the remission of their sins. He's not asking us to do that. And as we read the word of God, we see clearly that that's what he asked the Jewish nation to do back in the day. He's not asking them to do it today, and he's not asking us to do it today. So we must apply everything that pertains to us in God's word. If he tells us to be holy, Because without holiness, no one is going to see God, and he did not change that standard. That is for today in 2024, that you and I need to live lives that are holy and acceptable to God, which is what God calls our reasonable service. Here goes another precious portion of scripture. It's found in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. In the beginning was the word. Remember, we're talking about God's word rules. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Now, you see, the Jehovah Witnesses hung themselves to change that verse. If you read a king, um, what they called, they're calling the kingdom translation. Of course, it's not the kingdom of God. It's called the New World Translation. That's what Jehovah Witnesses call it, the New World Translation. Well, God did not give us a a new translation. He gave us his holy word. So they took it upon themselves because they don't honor Jesus as God. They took it upon themselves to rewrite the New Testament and certain portions of the Old Testament And they read John chapter 1, verse 1, like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. A with a small g, God. That's not not God's Word. God's Word says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning, verse 2, with God. To be through him. And apart from him, not even one thing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. And then look with me, the same chapter, chapter 1 of John to verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So right there we get a clear understanding that Jesus was God before he came to the earth because Jesus was always God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. 
And then we see in verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory. Glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Now, Jesus is the living word. He is the word who became flesh and dwelt among human men and women. There will never be another Jesus. Let me just say that again. Sister Pearl wants to say that very clearly. Let's establish this here and now. Anyone else proclaiming to be the new Christ is simply a liar. Jesus himself warned us against others who would come after him. Here are Master Jesus, and hear what he says in Matthew 24 and verse 11, to the words of Jesus himself. And many false Christ will arise and shall deceive many. Now that's clear. So any good check on the Internet, if you're a nation that has access to Google, you can make a Google search. search. If not, you can check whatever you have available to you to search the Internet. And you will see that from the time of Jesus, when Jesus ascended and went back to be with his heavenly father and lived in heaven, in the third heaven, you'll see that there were a lot of men claiming that, okay, Jesus is no longer here, but I'm the new Jesus, or I'm the new Messiah. Or, or one man, Sung Young Moon, said, Jesus failed in his mission. I'm now the new Jesus, and Jesus has sent me back. So I'm supposed to have a lot of children because he said Jesus was supposed to be married and have tons of children. So Jesus, according to Sung Young Moon, who, who is now dead, he claimed that he was the new Jesus, and he was going to have lots of children, and he was going to fulfill what he claimed that Jesus failed to fulfill. Of course, when you read about Sung Young Moon and you read about all these other people, no matter what their names are, and no matter what countries they came from, and no matter what time they were born, you know, in history, none of them were Jesus. None of them created kind. None of them can discern a man or a woman. None of them could deliver. None of them could set free from sin, from demons. Most of them were demonically obsessed and possessed. All of them who claimed that they were now the new Jesus. And we have people even in 2024. In every continent that's listening to the sound of my voice, you have some nut, somebody who's mentally not right or demon-possessed claiming that they're the new Jesus. But the Lord already warned us. He said, if any man shall say, lo, here is Christ or there, believe it not. Then I'm going to read to you what he also said in that same chapter, Matthew 24, but this time, Lower down that chapter, verses 23 to 27, he said, For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets. They shall even show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I've told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go, go not forth. In other words, don't go there. Don't go to the desert. Or behold, he's in the secret chambers. Jesus said, believe it not. Don't believe it. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, why would Jesus warn his disciples of such wicked men and women who would come and try to deceive? Very simple. He knew that this is exactly what they would be doing. And, and I'm looking at this verse, and I'm, I'm looking at this verse, verse 27 of Matthew 24. Personally know of a cult in China, mainland China, 
where they have a cult called the Almighty Church of God, but before it was called Eastern Lightning. And they got that name from verse 27 because they believe that their that their uh, leader, which is a woman, is now the new resurrected Christ, that he's Christ supposedly, according to them, came back as a woman, and he is someplace hiding in some remote area in China. Now, easily proved false. Why? Because the word of God tells us very clearly that when he returns, when Jesus returns the second time, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. He's not going to be coming back as a woman and he's not going to be hiding out in some remote area, in some deep, dark part, back in the bush, in the corner, in the dark. No, that is not how Jesus is going to return. So again, God's word rules. When we read the word of God, we understand what it will be like when he returns. Okay? So like I said before, one good internet search will result in at least 100 different deluded and deranged, probably more than 100, probably hundreds of deluded, deranged men and women from all around the world who say themselves, you know, they say of themselves that they're not a reincarnation of God. This is all madness. Not one person who ever walked the earth ever created a living thing. You know, I even think about these, you know, these people that are pushing the new agenda. They want to create, you know, borderless nations, borderless countries. They want to create the new world order. They want to get everybody in smart cities so that you eventually will not own land, you will not own your own house, you will not own property, but that you will be happy according to these deranged people. You will own nothing and you will be happy. And they even are telling you that there is no such thing about you having your own will. Now, when you hear people talk like that, and you read the word of God and you study the word of God and you pattern your life after the word of God, then you will know that these people are speaking evil things. Because it is God who has given us free will. God. Not your government. Not your political party. Not some deranged guru or some misinformed, misguided, mentally, they don't give you free will. It is God Almighty who created you and created me and gave us free will. That's why you even see brand new babies that are never even taught. They're never taught to say the word no. Nobody teaches them. No mother or father teaches their little baby when they begin to talk, how to say no. But that baby instinctively, when they begin to feel that they're somebody, when they begin to understand that they have a right and they can challenge their parents, little baby who still has to be changed, have to have their diapers changed, will tell that mom or that dad, no. Where does that come from? That comes from that God-given ability. And their little understanding that they have the power to obey, disobey. Just like no mother or father that I know, and I've traveled, to a lot of different cultures, a lot of different nations, a lot of different ethnicities, ethnicities, a lot of different, you know, nationalities I've been with. And I have never seen any mother or father teach a baby to raise their hands to express that they want to be held. 
But there's something within that child that knows if I lift my little arms to my parent, to my mommy, to my daddy, they will understand that I want to be held. See, these are the things that you know that God is real. You know that the instinct that you and I have is something that God gave us or that God allowed us to have. And the only one who can give us that is God. There's not one person who ever walked on the earth that had created another living being. The only one with the power and ability to create man from the dust is Jesus. And there will never be another Jesus. Jesus breathed his life into us, and we became a living soul. The word of God says in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living person. So why would I want to listen to people that are living their lives contrary to the word of God when it is God who gives life? What, what, what about all this talk these days about people prophesying many different things? Simply believe what the word of God explicitly says and nothing else. That's it. Let me repeat that. You and I should just believe what the word of God says clearly. And we don't have to believe anything else. I remember I was in the Philippines several decades ago. One man wrote a book back in the 1980s, and I happened to be in the Philippines when some people had questioned me as to what I thought about this book. I remember it like, like if it was just yesterday. It was authored by a former NASA engineer who boldly predicted and wrote a book entitled 88 Reasons Jesus Will Return in 1988. That was the title of the book. I'm going to say it again. 88 Reasons. Jesus will return in 1988. So I happened to be ministering in a province called Ifugao, a northern Luzon island during that exact time. And I was asked to share what I thought about this man's prophecy. His name was Edgar Wisenot. So Sister Pearl, or they call Manang, they call me Manang, which means elder sister, Manang Imaya. What do you think about this prophecy? And I remember telling this particular lady, and I wound up telling a lot of people because a lot of people wanted to know, that if God would spare my life, missing harms, I would be back in that same area to continue preaching the gospel of Christ in that region. Past the date predicted by Mr. Wisenat, because I was pretty sure that the man was going to be proven wrong. Well, how could I have made such a bold pronouncement? Simple. It was easy for me to say that. I, had, I didn't feel afraid. I didn't feel hesitant. You know, I didn't you know, misguess myself. I just said, because Jesus stated very clearly in the word of God in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 36. But of that day and hour, no one knows, because the people were asking Jesus, when would Jesus be coming back? When would be the second return of Jesus? Jesus himself said, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. So if Jesus said that no one knows the hour or the day when he would return, how in heaven's name could this? former NASA engineer claim and be so sure that he knew when Jesus was going to return. I already knew that he was lying. I already knew that even if he was not willfully lying, that he had no idea of what he was talking about. And of course, 1988 came and left. We're now in 2024, 
and Jesus has not returned yet. Now, that doesn't mean that he will not return. He definitely will return. But I knew for sure he was not coming back in 1988. Another reason that I knew so sure is that the word of God says, and this gospel shall be preached to every tribe and every nation before Jesus would come back. In other words, God wants every man and woman to have an opportunity to hear the gospel being taught so that they could have the chance to receive Jesus as their Savior, to be totally forgiven of all their sin and to be made right with God and to become the children of God because God does not wish for anyone to perish. So I already knew that in 1988, not every tribe has been reached with the gospel. I already knew that. That was a fact. Then another man by the name of Harold Camping, a former well-known Christian broadcaster in America, again, an evangelist on family radio, TBM used to broadcast his show. He made a similar prediction that God was going to return, Christ was going to return in May. On, he even knew the date. He said it was May 21st, 2011. And I remember I wrote an article which was published in one of our local newspapers here in New York City, the New York Post, clearly stating that this was a false prophecy. And I explained why I knew it was for sure. When Christ said no one would know the day nor the hour, that's exactly what he meant. No one. Not camping, not, you know, wiser not not the leader of Jehovah Witnesses, you know, not Joseph Smith of the Mormons. You know, nobody's going to know when Jesus exactly the day nor the hour that he's coming back. Now, we do have signs that can point to the fact that time is winding up. Or if you look at it another way, winding down. There are signs to show that it's not going to be much longer. But do we know the day? No. Does anybody else know the day? No. Do they know the hour? No. Can they predict the week? No. Jesus even went on to say that he's going to come as a thief in the night. The thief is not going to announce when he's coming to rob your house. So we, we're not going to know the exact day, the exact hour. Okay? Then, you might ask the question, what about all these new revelations and understandings of the Gospels? Well, here's what the Apostle Paul wrote to the church of Galatia in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 8. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. Now, remember, let me think about the Mormons. Their leader, Joseph Smith, said he had a revelation from an angel. Well, the Bible says, even if we, the apostles that are talking to you, that, that, were, that God used by the Holy Spirit, inspired of God, to write the Gospels, to write the epistles, even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel that is different, a gospel that is contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. For instance, somebody had asked Jesus in the Bible, you know, are we going to be married in heaven? And Jesus said, no, when there is no marriage or giving in marriage in heaven. That's clearly in the New Testament. There is none. But then Joseph Smith, who heard from a quote-unquote angel, I think it was nothing but a, a, a deceiving evil spirit, he said, oh, no, we're going to have lots of marriage in heaven. So, therefore, he contradicts, directly contradicts the word of Jesus and says, no, though the Bible says there is, though Jesus said there is no marriage in heaven, I'm telling you what I heard from an angel, and there is marriage in heaven. That's a lie. That's why I'm teaching tonight God's word rules. The Word of God, the Holy Bible, is the blueprint. Somebody else wants to come along and change it 
You got to see them for who they are, teachers, and they are lying. So how about the Catholic Pope, Pope Francis, who recently came out with new instructions for the priests who are under his tutelage and his authority, being told that they can now bless same-sex unions. What should we make of that? So in other words, he's telling his priests that are under his authority, you may now bless a man living with another man, a man would live with a woman. Or you may bless a woman living with another woman, bless their union the same way you would bless a woman that lives with a man as husband and wife. So who's right? God's word or Pope Francis's word? Because clearly there is conflict here. These two words do not agree. So let's look at what the word bless. Pope Francis said that priests are now, Catholic priests are now allowed by him not by God, but by him, to bless what God has cursed. So let's look at the word bless. In the Hebrew, the word is barak, which means to kneel or to praise. Okay. Like if you say, I bless God, I kneel before God, or I praise God, or if you say, I bless what God has joined together. You say, I praise the work of God's hand. I, I praise what God has put together. The Greek word for, the, for blessing is eulogia, which means to speak well of or to praise. It is often used in the context of a gift or a favor that is bestowed upon someone. Now, God's word states clearly in Leviticus chapter 18 and verse 22. You shall not lie with a man, a male as with a woman is an abomination. He was speaking to men there. And then there's other verses in Leviticus that talks about how females should not lie with other women as they would lie with the male because that is an abomination. So it's clearly telling the man, you shall not lie with the male as with a woman. It is an abomination. Let's see what the word abomination means. In the Bible, I'm looking at the Strong's Concordance and other dictionaries. But let's start out with the Strong's. Abomination means a disgusting thing, an atrocity, a disgrace, a dishonor, and to man. But yet, Pope Francis said that now priests can bless same-sex union, which God calls abominable, Pope Francis calls something that can be blessed, something that you can praise, something that you can speak well of, something that you can honor, come into agreement with, something that you can place your favor upon, you can bestow favor upon. Because when you bless somebody, you bestow favor upon that person. So what Pope Francis was saying is that priests can now bless two men living in abominable sin. Well, let's, somebody might say, well, you know, Sister Pearl, you know, that, that was only Old Testament. So that's not New Testament. And, 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 and Pope Francis, he's going more about by what the New Testament is saying. Well, let, let me go now to the New Testament because the New Testament, the New Covenant, the New Contract speaks about same-sex relations. We're talking about same-sex sexual relations. In Romans, which is in the New Testament, not the Old Testament, Romans chapter 1, verses 26 and 27 reads like this. For this reason, 
God gave them up to dishonorable passions. So let's just stop right there. Pope Francis says that you can bless same-sex unions. But in the New Testament, Paul the Apostle says that God gave them up to dishonorable passions. So he's calling same-sex unions dishonorable passions. So that's a conflict of interest right there. So now, who do we listen to? Pope Francis or the Word of God? The Word of God every time. God's Word rules. Let's continue to read Romans 1.26. For their women exchange natural, natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. It is natural for a woman to desire a man, for a man to desire a woman. That's the way God created us. So the word of God is saying here, for their woman exchanged, they switched it up. They exchanged the natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. Even in the in the natural, when you have electricity, there's a female and a male plug. That's that's just the way it is, period. You cannot put a plug, the, the, the male plug cannot be put with another male plug. You got to put in the female part. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men. This is what Pope Francis is asking priests to bless. Men committing shameless acts with men, receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And Pope Francis, the head of the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church in the Vatican, he now says that priests can bless, honor, and bestow favor on what is clear in Scripture as dishonorable and shameless. Something that the Word of God says that when people um, engage in these types of activity, they receive in themselves the due penalty for their error, meaning that they're not going the right way, they're going the wrong way. And so Pope Francis is teaching his priest, you can bless what God calls going wrong. Then again, it's not only in Romans chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. Let's take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 through 11. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. And this is my favorite verse right here in this portion. And such were some of you. The big but, you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. In other words, this is what you used to be. But then God reached down through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, took the blood of Jesus and washed you of all unrighteousness. You were a homosexual. You were uh, living sexually immorally. You were an idolater. You were an adulterer. You were practicing homosexuality. You were a thief. You were greedy. You used to be a drunkard. You used to be a reviler. You used to be a swindler, a con man, a con artist. But you no longer are. See, what people are trying to get you to do today is they're trying to do away with salvation. Salvation means that God saves us and delivers us out of our sinful condition. What people like Pope Francis are trying to teach now is that 
sin tolerated and accepted and even more blessed. We can honor sin. That's what the LGBTQIA plus community wants. They don't want to just be tolerated. They want their sins to be accepted as no longer sin. I don't want to be saved, they're saying. I want God to accept me just with all of my sin. Well, God hates sin so much that he sent his only begotten son on a cross to suffer the most horrendous torture and humility, beaten, humiliated, disgraced, shamed, beaten to a pulp. The Bible says that you could, he was not even recognizable. He was beaten so badly with the cat of nine tails, with these thorns that were in the, the, the leather straps. And they did not, you know, hit him lightly. They hit him terribly. That's how much God hates sin, that he sent Jesus, who, who, who never sinned, who never disobeyed his heavenly father, who was righteous, who was blameless who knew no sin. But now we have religious leaders that are trying to now say that sin is acceptable and can be blessed. We need to have a holy reverence for God. We need to respect God. This is the reason that people are saying all kinds of stuff that comes into mind. Pass it off. The Pope is not the only one. But then again, the Pope, according to the Catholic Church, is the vicar of Christ. In other words, he's the substitute for Christ on the earth. That's why we need the Word of God. The Word of God does not teach us in any part from Genesis to Revelation, in any book of the Bible. That's why how do you and I know what is truth from what is a lie? We need the Word Without the word of God, we can go all around. We can start believing and saying anything. The word of God is the blueprint. The word of God is the foundation. The word of God is for me to know if I'm in the right or if I'm in the wrong. And then the word of God says in Revelation, the last book of the New Testament, the last book of the Bible, Revelation 22, 18 and 19, for I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things. God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. My goodness. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things that are written in this book. If it's not in the word of God and somebody is saying something contrary to the word of God, drop them and follow God. Drop them and follow God. Disbelieve them and believe God who is holy. This is your sister Pearl on Reaching Out Radio International in the Word with Sister Pearl. And the message tonight is God's Word rules. God's Word. Not somebody else's, not Sister Pearl's, not Brother John, not some fake false Christ some fake false teacher, some fake false prophetess or prophet. It's what God's word says. His word until next time. May the Lord bless you. May heaven shine upon you. Follow Jesus. It's his word that rules not the words of other people, especially when their words are contrary to his. Every time, drop theirs and follow God's. God bless you. Love you. Till next time. This is your sister Pearl. Jesus loves you so much more. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.